What's up, everybody? Welcome to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. Kyle and Derek here with you on this beautiful Thursday for another episode of Hands Down, your favorite ministry podcast. It's not even a question. You know, I was looking at some stats, which props out to our great and engaging audience. We have people from across like seven different states tuning into our podcast, which is really cool. I saw Connecticut on there. Let's go. Illinois, South Dakota. There's people in South Dakota. No, they're just buffaloes who grabbed iPhones. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it, it. you know, they have a tough time scrolling, so I think it's more of this kind of yeah. smash stuff. But Whichever episode popped up, or whatever podcast popped up first, yeah. they just had to hit it with their nose. We, just, we just happen to be ours at the top to of be the, the list one. in Spotify. I yep. Well, it doesn't surprise me that we're at the top of any list I mean, in we Spotify. clearly are gifted, humble individuals with a mm-hmm. passion to communicate yep. God's word. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm not humble, I don't know what I am, because... <laughs> I am probably next to Moses. Do you know what these intros are becoming, Kyle? Is the intros of the office where it was it's just like drawn out ridiculousness. We should start with this and then play our intro music. Yeah. We sh- That's brilliant. You know, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't know. If if anybody out there is interested, again, I can't give enough shout outs to the man, but uh, Nathan Gamble, uh, I can get you in touch if you want. If you're thinking about starting your own podcast and you're like, man, their intro song is absolute fire. fire. Uh, that he drops some some great tracks, so we'll uh, we'll get you his information. But, Kyle, uh, do, you, do you ever have this moment where you go, maybe we should just stop this podcast and completely re-record? Nope. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I love it. All right, Derek, quick question uh, for you today. Uh, when did you know that you were destined to become a youth pastor? We're going to be talking about calling today. So I was two years old. I just reached my hand into a and bowl of Cheetos. The first thing that your parents gave you after you were born was a Bible and a microphone and a piece of pizza. And a collar to wear around. <laughs> Royal robes, all wow, the rest impressive. of it. Yeah, I I knew from the womb I was destined to for for the clergy. No, uh, quite the opposite actually. Um, I spent most of my teenage years doing what teenage boys do. Doing which, what you tell kids now not to do. Correct. Yeah. Nice. You know, and so really, uh, a youth pastor was not something even on my radar. It wasn't even something I knew was possible, really, which is just kind of funny. And this happened all the way up through college. I actually went to my first year of college, which I think I've shared before on this podcast. I can't fully remember. I think so. Uh, but my whole plan was to become a doctor, a dentist specifically, make all kinds of money, uh, and send it to people uh, in places of the world that needed it. And then God hit me upside the head, metaphorically, of course, because he doesn't do that. But uh, re- no, in all honesty, that summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college um, I just had like a come to Jesus moment where it's like I am not doing what I'm passionate about I am not doing what I want to do what I want to do is to love people and be a pastor and that's when I was like all right it's it's time so it's a it's a longer process to that but that was kind of the moment for me for sure yeah uh for the record God once did steer me in the right direction through a car accident, so he can absolutely smack somebody upside the head. So what you're saying is Jesus literally took the wheel. He literally took, well, he took the wheel away from me. Uh, It was the other car that smashed into me. 
But uh, yikes, that's all right. It's fine. God got me where I needed to be. I just wish he had chosen a less violent way to do it. <laughs> Don't we all? I mean, I think I think Noah would probably say the same thing. But you know what? You, Noah you, was fine with the violence. He just wanted a less wet way to get for God to tell him what to do. Do you think boats were around when God said, hey, no, I want you to make a boat? You're asking me if Noah built the first ever boat? Yeah. That's that's an interesting thought. Do you know who could tell us that probably? Uh, Good friend of the show, Noah Webster. That's probably true. Good friend of the show, Noah Webster. Uh, yeah, he could probably tell us when the first boat was made, but... Uh, Kyle, I when, don't have when, that information. When did you know <laughs> you became a youth pastor? Uh, I so I remember sitting. Uh, I was a high school sophomore, uh, sitting in a class, and one of my teachers told me that I was going to be a priest someday, and I laughed at her. Really? because uh, I thought that was hilarious, and that it was completely untrue. Did she actually say priest? <clears throat> she did. I mean, I went to a Catholic school, so oh, sure. yes, she okay. said priest. Uh, and Father Kyle, that's your Father name, name in my phone. Dear Lord, <laughs> I hope not. No, I hope not. But uh, it was, it was probably. I I don't really know that it was one specific moment. Uh, I just felt like it wasn't one specific moment where I felt called to ministry. I'll say that. Uh, but when I was, you know, looking at colleges and what do I want to do, I felt like I wanted to work within the church in some capacity. I just didn't know what capacity that would be. And so I started off in worship leading, and I rediscovered my disdain for classical piano lessons. And so I flipped to youth ministry Mm. uh, because... and, And honestly, part of that switch was... You know, when when you are in youth ministry, and this is uh, maybe a word of wisdom for, you know, students that are juniors and seniors in youth ministries across the country, apparently, or at least in Illinois or Connecticut. Uh, (laughs) If you are like when you graduate from high school, you have just spent the last some people five, six, seven years of your life within a youth ministry. And so a lot of times youth pastor is the thing that they think that they want the natural to do progression yeah. because that's what they've just come from. Yep. And that was a little bit of it for me was, well, I've been in, I like, I was a part of our youth ministry for a long time in high school and middle school. And I was a student leader and all of these things. And so maybe youth ministry is, is where it is. And, and so I switched to youth ministry as as my degree and and just completely fell in love felt at home felt peace about it and i was like okay this is this is actually where god wants me it's not just me going to something that's familiar right uh but then from there on out it was okay yeah this is definitely the place for me yeah and i think a lot of times there's this assumption that there is this transfiguration type of moment of your calling to ministry where God just comes down and speaks audibly <laughs> and says, you will be a youth pastor. You will be in the ministry. And, and and similar to Kyle, my experience was very similar. It was a progression of feeling the nudge, feeling the, like, maybe this could be something I'd want to do. And God continually to confirm that time after time until finally I just said, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do and stepped into it. And that's really what we want to talk about uh, today is this whole idea of 
your calling because yep. you know if you're around a youth ministry for any amount of time you go to camps you go to conventions you go to youth services sunday morning services you go on a missions team you'll inevitably hear the word calling right like there's this burning question in the hearts of students and adults too that ask what's my calling like that's something we ask ourselves a lot what am i called to do with my life what's my that god-given purpose that i'm supposed to do and a lot of times kyle we tie it to like a vocation like a career what we're supposed mm-hmm. to do and so uh you know we feel like we need to be in the ministry we think we're supposed to be a doctor we think we're supposed to be a business person whatever but it always comes down to this for me there's this myth that if you are called to ministry that is superior to everything else which I just is not true. And, right. You know, um, I'd be curious, Kyle, to know how that kind of plays out in your ministry of how calling works, like wh- how you guys communicate that, and maybe how what your experience with this whole word calling is, because it is something that we hear a lot about in youth ministry, but it's something that I think a lot of adults also kind of wrestle with of what is that calling on my life? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's that question of what do I do with myself here? Uh, you know, and, and a lot of times it's okay. I recognize that, you know, I like God is where I put my hope. I'm, I am a child of God. I know what's next, right? I know that heaven is next, but while I'm here, what does that look like? What am I supposed to do with myself? How do I fit into this society? Uh, and so we, you know, for our, for our youth ministry, uh, one of the things that we do sometimes, and it's not to, uh, de-emphasize ministry and it's not to discourage ministry, but I'll straight up tell kids like ministry sucks. Uh, (laughs) you know, there are, there are plenty of times where ministry is not the fun choice of, you know, eating pizza and coming up with games to play with teenagers, uh, you know, ministry is hard and it's grueling and, you know, there's a lot of, there, there are downsides to ministry. It's not just the glamor that a lot of kids see. And so, you know, one of the things as far as ministry goes is I, I do make it a point to just bring some realism, uh, with students when we talk about ministry. And, and if this is something that you're called to, you know, me, me talking real about it is not going to just turn you off to it. Correct. Uh, it's, it's going to say, oh yeah, well I know, but I have passion and conviction that this is what I'm called to. So I'm going to power through those moments. And so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, but I do think, like you said, it's important to hit on, you know, a calling is not just ministry. It's not just about, uh, you know, working at a church or being a missionary or whatever it is. Like there's so much more to calling, uh, than, than just ministry. Yeah, and what I what I would say is because I, I I just feel as we were putting together these show notes, I know we have students who listen, which is awesome. We're super thankful that you guys are here. Uh, but we also I know there are parents. I know there are people that attend our churches that are a part of this, and I've seen this this wrestling match that they feel in their stage of life of maybe I am working at a restaurant, maybe I work in the business sector, maybe I am. Whatever you are, like in the in the world, you feel as if you're not as spiritual or you're not fulfilling mm-hmm. your calling in life because you're doing something that is quote unquote secular. And so that's what I want to debunk and, and, and just dissect tonight or today is 
this idea of a calling because realistically this calling that we just float around and use so flippantly it's not so much what we do it's who we are like our calling is not what we are physically doing it's it's who we're called to be and so i always want to read this out of ephesians chapter 4 because i think this just perfectly encapsulates what this calling really is because it says as a prisoner for the lord then i urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received you notice it doesn't say like what you do i want you to notice this next word be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is no one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called it doesn't say live a life worthy of the calling you received by being a doctor. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received to serve at a church. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received by being completely humble, being gentle, being patient, so on and so forth. Like our calling is bigger than what we do. It's really who we're called to be. That's good. Yeah, it, it's so much more than that. And these are these are all things too, like it's not a mystery. No, yeah, it's, right? It's not a mystery of you got to you know, I, I have it. to yeah, I have to solve this Rubik's cube to figure out what my calling is. Like or you could just read Ephesians. If you if you want to take the Rubik's cube route, that's fine, but you know, just read Ephesians and look through, you know, there's one body, one spirit, you know, and make every effort to keep unity. Uh, you know, that's that's part of our calling is to is to inspire unity yeah. around us, to to be love around us. And it it's I love that line of, you know, it's it's bigger than what we do, it's who we are. Uh you know, we're God's children. Yeah. Uh, we are God's children. And so we are to reflect the nature of God. Yeah. Uh, one of the phrases that Jesus uses uh throughout the gospels are he will refer to himself both as the son of man and the son of God. Yeah. And where that phrase comes from, basically what it's saying is like being the son of God is being in very nature the same as the nature of God, mm. being the same nature as man. And so he'll use both, and it's cool because sure. it's like this duality of I am fully God, but I also am fully human. Which is wild to think about. Right, but it's it's the... It's that sense of like God is my father and I am to reflect his nature. Yeah. Right, which is which can be hard because when you look at our lives, right? Like we are those image bearers of Christ. Like we are he created us in his image. And so we represent him every single day. And as a flawed, screwed up person that I am, like that can be tough because it's like, okay, like, cool, I'm representing Jesus, yet I am a broken person with all kinds of problems and weaknesses, so on and so forth. And if you're sitting there going, like, that's good for you, but I don't have any flaws, that's your flaw, just so you know. <laughs> um, but like, Lack of humility. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, like, our calling, like Kyle's saying, as his children is to be his image bearers, too. Like, let Christ shine through your life, even the ugly parts. I mean, it's... I'm not saying you should just display all of your junk and be like, hey, everybody, here's why I suck. Uh, but at the same time, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you exactly where you're at. Jesus desires to use your life, your experiences, uh, your mistakes 
as a way of showing how great, how lavish his love and grace and forgiveness is on us. And so as his image bearers, like we're walking into schools, we're walking into business places, we're walking into offices, we're walking into communities that have people in some dark spots and are in a, in a rough thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, as his image bearers, we're representing that light of Christ. And that is our calling to carry that light and let it shine for the whole world to see. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, like what some of his last words were commanding us to, to go out and spread the gospel. And that's going to look very different based on, you know, where you are called to and, and where you are planted. Yep. Uh, you know, for somebody who is, is called to be a career missionary, right? They, God instills in their heart, a, a dream and a passion to, uh, go to, Bolivia. I don't. Wow, that was the first country I could think wow, of. Wow, Bolivia. Uh, why not? That's in South America, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Uh, going to Bolivia and opening a coffee shop and just spreading the love of God mm-hmm. through this mm-hmm. coffee shop. Uh, you know that that looks very different than you know somebody who says, "Hey, my calling is to uh, be a pediatrician." I want to be a pediatrician and just share the love of God with people through being a smile Correct. and a steady a steady figure and, and just love in a time where people might not have a lot of answers and there might be a lot of fear in their lives. Yep. I'm going to come in and bring the love of Jesus. Yep. And so uh, I think that that is uh, it, it's important that. You know that like share, sharing the gospel is a really really important part of God's heart, and so and there's a lot of things on that list, right? It's not sure. just sharing the gospel. There's a lot. Anything that is important to God should be important to anybody called by God. You can't tell me that. Let's go back with your example of being a pediatrician. If you're a God fearing person who desires to bring hope and truth and joy into people that might not know Him. You can't tell me by, I mean, something my wife and I talk about a lot is you can tell when somebody loves Jesus. Like when you're talking to a stranger that you don't know from Adam, there's just something like those that love Jesus, there's just something different about them. Like there's just, mm-hmm. you, you can't put your finger on it, but there's just something different. And so like in a lot of ways, if you're called to be a God-fearing person in the world, if anything, the, this this whole thing of what's higher should be flipped around because you're you're carrying the light of the world into the world in its darkest spots, right? Like Kyle and I are, are thankful we get to be uh, pastors and work in a church and, and, and be around people all the time, but you are eight hours a day, five days a week, if not more, surrounded by all kinds of people that don't know him. And so if you're called to do what you're gifted at by loving Jesus and, and, and just representing him, like that's huge, you know, and if anything, that, mm-hmm. that, that should be a higher calling. But like the whole point of this whole higher or not higher is our calling is to love God and to serve him. And in the eyes of him, we're all on level level ground. It doesn't matter. This person has more sin in their life than this person. We're all equal in the eyes of God, right? Because like Kyle would be on the super sinful side of the Obviously. spectrum, and I would be on the super righteous, holy person. What was that humble thing <laughs> we were talking about earlier? I don't know. I've never heard of it before. Interesting. Um, but no, and so you know, 
this whole idea of of calling like, like is much more ambiguous and I think a lot of us assume or at least we assume it's ambiguous when in reality it's quite simple. Our calling in life is to love God, accept our identity as his children and just represent him in whatever it is that we're doing because here is the truth, here is the reality of our life. We are living in a life that God has destined for us. Right now, we are living in a season, for whatever reason, we're alive in this year, in this general location, for a reason. And so, like, our calling is to love God and serve Him right where we're at, exactly what we've been given, which is tough for some people because what you, for some people, what you want to do is you want something else. But, like, if you're single and in high school or middle school and you're a student of ours or you're just a student, your calling right now is to make time with God a priority. Your calling right now is to dig into your local youth ministry. Come hang out with Kyle and I. Make a difference. Your calling right now is to bring Jesus into your friend group, into your school. Like, at some point, you're going to have a career. You're going to go and do things. But right now, your calling is to love God right where you're at. And part of that calling is your schoolwork. Amen. Every parent just raised a hallelujah listening to this right now, like part of your calling, if you are in middle school and high school, if you're in college, part of your calling is the schoolwork that you're doing. And the again, we're going to lose so many students listening to our podcast right now. But a part of what scripture says is to do everything with excellence, yep. you know, to pursue, uh, you know, that standard. And so if, if God currently has you planted in a place where you are doing homework do, do it, it with the all best your ability. Do it with you, to the best of your abilities mm-hmm. with all of your heart and mind. Um, you know, I think that that's that's something that gets overlooked a little bit. Uh, when when people think that they are outside of their calling, they think that you know their vocation has uh is is all that their calling is. Right. Yeah. And when they feel like they are not in the vocation that their calling is, they tend to just kind of check out until they Cruise get control. into it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I have some friends who have like, they've been called, they know they're called to one thing and in the season of life they're in, they might not be able to do that, but they have served diligently and, yeah. and with passion and done jobs that weren't, they weren't super passionate about You're washing but, dishes at a Mongolian restaurant. In Bolivia, like I don't know where the where did that come <laughs> That's from? That's what I did. I got to wash dishes at a Mongolian restaurant. Oh, nice, it was fun. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I worked. I guess I worked uh, landscaping, and I didn't even go to so the. So that's yards. why you're so jacked. Yeah. Pr- have you looked at my arms lately? <laughs> I try not to. There's nothing there. They're noodles. Uh, for the record, it wasn't even the fun, like, I'm going to go and, like, plant a bunch of trees in this yard. Like, I worked in the back lot, like, in basically the the warehouse. And so, like, I was prepping all of the plants for all of the landscape crews to take out. It was super boring. Uh, I, that was the summer that I listened to more sports talk radio than any other moment in my Mm. life. It was fun, but it was... Very boring. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that's that's going to happen. Like, there's going to be seasons. There might be seasons where it is boring. There might be seasons where you're like, you got to be kidding me, this again. But you know, that's that's where I think it's important for us to remember that our calling is more. It's so much more to do yeah. with uh, who we are called to be than what we are called to do. Because there's a chance that 
the season you're in right now very well could be setting you up for the very thing that you're hoping to aspire to at someday. Yeah. I love studying the life of David through the Bible because before David slays Goliath, he is sitting in a pasture for 12 hours a day watching sheep poop. That is his Whoa. life. You know, like that is that is what he did. But you look to pass the time, he got really good at using his little slingshot. Yep. He got really good at fending off sheep against these nasty predators. The very things that David did in the boring season of his life is the very thing that inevitably led to him stepping into one of the biggest triumphs of his life. Absolutely. And that is one of those things where like parents, retired people, like those who are listening to us and are older than us right now, like your your calling is just as relevant and just as malleable as a student's or as ours because it's a moving target because your calling is not just your vocation. It's to love God. It's to get close to him. It's to love your spouse if you have one. It's to love and raise your kids if you have kids. If you're retired, your purpose looks different, but it's not any less important. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to sit down with somebody who's been loving God for longer than I've been alive and see what that looked like, the highs, the lows. If you're retired, find somebody to pour into. Like, Our calling is so much bigger than what we do. It's just who we are every single day, day in and day out. And even, you know, especially people that feel like, oh, I'm called to ministry. Yeah. That can be such a dangerous trap to where if if you feel so strongly you're called to ministry and like you're going to preach to thousands or music or whatever, if that doesn't end up happening, especially if it doesn't end up happening in the timeline you want it to, then that can, that can be such a ground shaking thing that completely sets you off course from a lot of other things in your life. If your foundation with your calling is first in who you're supposed to be. And then in what, yep. Then that's going to, if, if the job doesn't come or if the job comes and then gets taken away from you, yep. Your your calling is still secure as as a son or a daughter of Christ, uh, before any any job or other temporary thing that that could come along. Because we are followers, right? That 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 is the nature. Like we are believers, but we are also followers of Jesus, which means He's in control. And as much as we would like to have things go exactly how we plan, how we want, um, I've only been on this earth for twenty six years following Jesus for about 13 and I've quickly found out already that more often than not it doesn't go the way that Mm -hmm. I thought it doesn't go the way that I want but it goes the way it's supposed to be yeah and again going back to David he was anointed king long before he took the throne Mm -hmm. and so if you believe God's called you to do something don't get so fixated on doing that you forget to be you forget to follow you forget to just do the very small things he's calling you to do now. Because the reality is God is calling you to do something now, the small things to be faithful and to be obedient. And so your calling, if if you're a parent of small kids right now, your calling is to make it through the day and keep the kids alive. <laughs> if you are If you are a student, as Kyle mentioned, having a good work ethic, studying, and doing everything you're doing at school and beyond with your best effort is your calling. If you are somebody who feels like 
you have nowhere to go because you're flipping burgers at McDonald's and you don't have kids and you're not married and you're not sure what your purpose is. Your purpose is to follow God and honor him in whatever it is that you are doing. Because when we do that, we allow him to do so many small things that we don't realize the impact they have on. Like we talked a few episodes back of as pastors, a lot of times we'll have these great sermon illustrations, these great messages that we go, man, that was a good one. And then students go, oh, I didn't remember that. Mm -hmm. But then they go, but I'll never forget when you said this. And you and I are going like, I don't, did, did, I didn't know. Are I you sure that was me? Yeah, did I? I didn't know I said that. <laughs> but it's because God is speaking and doing things without yep. us even knowing it. And so, uh, you know, I just, I, I want to challenge so many of us to just go. You know what? I don't want to get so fixated on where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Let's focus on what we're going to be, and that what we're going to be is people who are on fire for God. And open to what he wants to do. Because he's going to ebb. He's going to flow. He's going to change courses. But it doesn't mean he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And part of uh, part of the calling piece that applies to anybody listening to this podcast that I would challenge you guys on is, you know, you are older than somebody else. I know. Shocking revelation. that You're such a wise bringing. man, Kyle. I know. Uh, you are older than somebody else, and there's somebody younger than you that part of your calling, part of what God has for you in this season might be just to pour into them. Uh, you know, there's, like, parents, pour into your kids. Pour into, like, some of our best youth leaders are parents, mm-hmm. uh, retirees. Some of the greatest youth leaders of all time are retirees, and and so there are, there are so many, and and it doesn't have to be specific to youth ministry. I mean, kids ministry, young adults, uh, you know, parents who have kid, who parents who are empty nesters, you know, mentor parents who have kids in middle school and high school, because you just walked through all of that. And you can share some of that wisdom. Part of your calling is it might just be pour into other people around you. And if there are no people around you for you to pour into, then make new friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've just noticed this trend of I see it more in older people than students because I think students are have this understanding that at some point I'm going to graduate. I'm going to go to college or go into work. And at some point I'm going to have a life I don't presently have, whether that's kids and a family or a career or as a kid, you have all these ambitions of what your undisclosed future might look like. But I'm finding on the flip side of things, so many adults get into their adult life and go, there's not much for me left. There's not much for me to do. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm doing it and, we minimize what we do day in and day out. And I just felt so challenged, like, no. Like, there is power in being faithful and obedient in the everyday tasks of life that cannot go unnoticed. Like, mm-hmm. you just being a faithful, constant source for even your coworkers. Like, let's set kids aside, because I think that that one's more easy for us to grasp at. But, man, if you do work a job that you feel like it's a dead end, that you feel like is not great for better or for worse you're in that spot right now so make the most of it 
Start mm-hmm. praying for your coworkers around you. Start thinking about what you can do to bring the joy of Jesus around you because we get so caught up in what we're doing that we are, are forgetting that we're just called to be lovers of God and lovers of his people. Yeah, absolutely. The other demographic maybe that, uh, that I want to address here real quick uh, on, a, on a personal note would be spouses, uh, th- there are there are few vocations, uh, and and people can have multiple vocations, right? I part of my vocation is being a a youth pastor, uh, but you know part of that vocation is also, uh, you know, coaching football and sure. you know doing other things mm-hmm. in you know kind of in that realm. Uh, you know, one of the roles, like my wife is an architect. But one of the other roles that she plays is, or that she has, is to is she is the spouse of a pastor. Yep. And that demographic can be one of the loneliest demographics and toughest. ever, and toughest. And you know, for and this goes out to my wife for sure. But I think most, if not all, spouses of ministry would agree with this. Uh. Being being a spouse of somebody in ministry can be super super difficult and super lonely and and so I think a lot of times you it can make you feel like you know like what what am I doing yeah. here <laughs> you know right <laughs> what a, I don't I don't get it the the role that you play in supporting your husband or your wife yeah in in the ministry that they are doing cannot go unnoticed uh the the value there and derek i think you would agree that you know the value for me personally that my wife brings to our youth ministry is super important oh it's it's unparalleled yeah and i i think that that's you know people in that role right spouses of of people in ministry don't hear that a lot and so, you know, whether that maybe that's another thing just to, you know, encourage everybody listening, uh, point out when, when you see somebody doing something well, when you see somebody uh, working hard for the kingdom, tell them. Yeah. You know, right. In, encourage. How many times does scripture say encourage at least, at least one twice. another? Probably twice, maybe even more. Maybe. Uh, it could be more. Uh you know, I think that that is super, super important for us to, you know, almost have each other's back in encouraging one another through tough seasons in our lives. Yeah, and you talk about spouses of of ministry. I don't. I'm going to get super vulnerable here, so I'm sure your wife can empathize with that. The amount of tears that my wife has shed is innumerable. 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 Huh? Thank you. Good grief, brain. Proud um, of you. Thanks, you, Kyle. Not because she's looking for recognition. Not because she feels like she's not getting the shout-outs that I am. Because she feels she feels like her role in my ministry, or in our ministry, is less than. Yeah. When in reality, it's more, if that makes sense. Like, she... We have two small children who require a lot of attention during Wednesday nights. So while I am with students and hanging out, she's making sure they don't run up on stage and, you know, are distracting in the middle of the mm-hmm. message. And she feels like 
she shows up to youth group and doesn't have a purpose. And the thing is, if if you are in that in that role, and I, I want to speak to your wife, I want to speak to my wife, I want to speak to husbands of of pastors who are female. Your role as the spouse is so integral because one, you are being there for your spouse in perhaps their darkest moments in the mm-hmm. midst of their stuff. Yeah. But you bring such a diverse palette of strengths and gifts and purposes that nobody else can possibly meet. And so if you are in that spot, you know, I, I think it's Kyle and I are both just trying to communicate that we are so thankful for you. And I think that's really how we get some of this episode is the value behind who you are and what you do isn't always seen for how it is. And no matter what you do, God sees it. God desires to use it. And there is so much to it that if you just rest in the fact that you are God's son, God's daughter, living the life, doing the small things he's called you to do now, he's going to honor that. He's going to bless that. And he's going to, you're going to be smack dab in the will of God, which is the most beautiful, awesome, magnificent spot to be in of anything you could possibly do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Anything this, this, else you want to th- add? Th- this was a super lighthearted, just <laughs> non-serious one. But don't worry, guys, because next we have week, a little something special for you next, next week. Next week, all our episodes come out on Thursdays. And if you didn't know, next week is... Christmas! Nope. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, so real quick, before we wrap up this episode, I, I have to give a shout-out to the internet because I saw something super funny, so I wanted to share it. Uh, for most of my life, I have been one of those people that are very adamant that the Christmas tree does not go up until after Thanksgiving. Preach, preach. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving is the forgotten holiday, and and we should we give want thanks. we should g- give proper celebration to Thanksgiving before moving on to Christmas. And somebody on the internet this year came up with, you know, Jesus was alive he he went dead for three days and then went back to being alive so we can surely celebrate christmas switch to thanksgiving for three days and then go back to (laughs) (laughs) well that's all we have time for today everybody thank you for subscribing Thank you for uh, subscribing, liking, following our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, ask us questions, comments, concerns, constructive criticism, or unconstructive criticism, which we definitely deserve, uh, you can reach us at hownottobeayouthpastor at gmail.com. And you'll safely deposit your email into the trash where it belongs. Absolutely. Our trash bin, our trash folder on our email is just overflowing with things that we don't want to read. And so... Uh, that's, uh, that's always fun. But on the off chance that we do read it, you might get <laughs> featured, uh, on one of our shows here, uh, on how to be a youth pastor or how not to be a youth pastor. I forgot even what the name of our show We're is. We're it. Uh, learning how not to be a youth pastor one day at a time. That's, that's Derek and I, but, uh, on behalf of Derek, uh, thank you so much, uh, for listening. I am going to go set up my Christmas tree. Goodbye. Goodbye.